Good morning. Today is Tuesday, June 23rd, 2020. Our readings for this morning are Psalms 97 and 99, Numbers 16, 20 through 35, and Romans 4, 1 through 12. We will also read the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. This is today is the eve of St. John the Baptist, so there are readings for that this evening as well. Hopefully, I will be back with you then. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us, through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise, and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God, you are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours for you made it and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 97. God is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around God. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Fire goes before God and consumes God's adversaries on every side. God's lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before God, before God of all the earth. The heavens proclaim God's righteousness and all the peoples behold God's glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame those who make their boast in worthless idols. All gods bow down before God. Zion hears and is glad, and the towns of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, our sovereign, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. 
God loves those who hate evil. God guards the lives of their faithful. God rescues them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in God, O you righteous, and give thanks to God's holy name. Psalm 99. God is sovereign. Let the peoples tremble. God sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. God is great in Zion. God is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is God. Mighty sovereign, lover of justice, you have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol God, worship at God's footstool. Holy is God. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to God and God answered them. God spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O sovereign, our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoing. Extol the sovereign our God and worship at God's holy mountain, for our God is holy. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Reading from Numbers, chapter 16, verses 20 through 35. Then God spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from this congregation, so that I may consume them in a moment. They fell on their faces and said, O God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one person sin and you become angry with the whole congregation? And God spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the congregation, Get away from the dwellings of Korah, Dothan, and Abiram. So Moses got up and went to Dothan and Abiram. The elders of Israel followed him. He said to the congregation, Turn away from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs, or you will be swept away for all their sins. So they got away from the dwellings of Korah, Dothan, and Abiram. And Dothan and Abiram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents, together with their wives, their children, and their little ones. And Moses said, This is how you shall know that God has sent me to do all these works. It has not been of my own accord. If these people die a natural death, or if a natural fate comes on them, then God has not sent me. But if God creates something new, and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up, with all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, then you shall know that these men have despised God. As soon as he finished speaking all these words, the ground under them was split apart. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up, along with their households, everyone who belonged to Korah and all their goods. So they, with all that belonged to them, went down alive into Sheol. The earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. All Israel around them fled at their outcry, for they said, The earth will swallow us too. And fire came out from God and consumed the 250 men offering the incense.
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 21. We praise you, O God. We praise you, O God. We claim you as sovereign. All creation worships you, the creator everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, the cherubim and seraphim sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy God, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you. Creator of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the sovereign of glory, the eternal Son of the Creator. When you took our flesh to set us free, you humbly chose the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come to be our judge. Come then, God, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood, and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Amen. A reading from Romans, chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. So also David speaks of the righteousness, of the blessedness of those to whom God reckons righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one against whom God will not reckon sin. In this blessedness then, pronounced only on the circumcised, is this blessedness then, pronounced only on the circumcised or also on the uncircumcised? We say faith was reckoned to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it reckoned to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the ancestor of all who believe without being circumcised and to thus have righteousness reckoned to them. And likewise, the ancestor of the circumcised who are not only circumcised, but who also follow the example of the faith that our ancestor Abraham had before he was circumcised. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle O, a song of the heavenly city. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the God of surpassing strength and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to light it, for the glory of God shines on it, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations shall walk, and the rulers of the world lay their honor and glory there. Its gates shall never be shut by day, nor shall there be any night. Into it they will bring the honor and glory of nations. I saw the clean river of the water of life, bright as crystal, 
flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The tree of life spanned the river, giving fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. All curses cease where the throne of God and the lamps and the Lamb stands, and all servants give worship there. There they will see God's face, whose name shall be on their foreheads. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 19, verses 23 through 30. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astounded and said, Then who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, Look, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of humankind is seated on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, she strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. And let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit.
O oh God, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name. For you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness, through Jesus Christ our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. O oh God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A few quick thoughts on the readings this morning. I love the expression in Psalm 97 where it talks about um, God's lightnings light up the world. Um, the imagery there for me is revelatory glimpses, that the illumination for just a moment lights everything up and you see things and, and not just seeing them but seeing them in a, in a particular light. And so I'm internalizing that today in combination with our other readings, that when we have these flashes of illumination, we, as it says in Romans, follow the example of faith. We take what we see clearly, if only for an instant, those moments when you just absolutely know and we commemorate these moments. Um, the circumcision, is described in Romans as a sign or a seal. And I think that our sacraments can be this, signs and seals, that we, we have, as it says, we are, already been justified by faith, but it is simply an, a sign or a seal to um, perform the ritual. And I think that we, we do this also in our lives in many ways when we have a transformative experience, we want to commemorate it and hold on to it. Jack does this, he has a, he has a journal we're not the best about doing it all the time. I'm saying, oh, you should write that in your special journal. And it's not like a daily log. It's, um, we started it the year he turned 13 and we called it the book of Jack's 13th year. Um, and it was meant to be commemorating those milestones of the first year of his being a teenager. But what it's ended up being is those very special things, those accomplishments, those transformative moments, those are what get right, written in there. And, and I think that this very difficult and also relevatory time that we're living through communally must be commemorated. These commemorations, these ways of holding on to transformative experience become um, touchstones for us that when we f we feel 
lost or far from those understandings, we can go back and kind of reset our course from that moment. Oh, I remember this. I remember when I claimed this experience, when I, as it says elsewhere in scripture, ask God to write it on the walls of my heart. But it isn't these things that make us holy. It isn't the fact that we wrote it down. It isn't it isn't the circumcision, as it says. It isn't the ritual. We are holy, and the ritual is a way of, of celebrating that. And then the holiness of the transformation is cemented in the commemoration. And I believe then that we revisit this and we can re-experience the transformative power, which is a reminder of our holiness. We are all holy. We are justified by faith. But sometimes we really need those reminders. So my prayer for us today is that we would fully experience God's transformative power, that we would have the way of truth and love and our own holiness illuminated for us, and that we would internalize in a deeply and permanent way these transformative holy experiences. I would be remiss if I didn't also talk at least briefly about um, our Hebrew scripture reading and our gospel reading. Our reading from Numbers is shocking. You know, it, it, it looks on the surface as God's execution of a people who, and, and their entire families, who attempted to seize power or to seize holiness for the sake of power. But when I look at this as an allegory, for the clearing away of that in our lives, which turns us away from God. So this whole, if you view this story not as people but as representatives um, symbols and I, I hope that that's not offensive but that's just what was helpful for me today so if you're viewing Korah um, not as a historical figure or a person but as a symbol for the temptation to see service to God as a path to earthly power.
then I think that there is a message here for us that service in God's name and for God's people is, as we've said so many times before, not for any human recognition, fame, or uplifting, but the simple pure purpose is to be a conduit of God's love. It is very tempting to get caught up in making a, a human hierarchy of the church. And the church has a lot of weight on it right now. We were very much called to be conduits of God's love, to live out our most fundamental service in this world. And we must necessarily get involved in politics and social justice and and the current plight of our people but we must always keep first and foremost that the 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 purpose of this is to bring God's love to bring healing, to bring justice. All throughout the scripture, it talks about justice. All through our Psalms today, um, and that is an integral part of the church's mission, but it all comes back to, we are messengers, we are vessels. We, the church is, the church is a a vehicle for God, God's love. And any attempt to usurp that for, for vanity is what comes to mind, forgive me if that's not a perfect word, is a distraction. And that way of thinking. So again, looking at Cran as a symbol, when Cran and everything that belonged to him, so that was everything associated with, if we're looking at it metaphorically, everything associated with that movement was done away with. I think that especially now in the context of what's going on in our world at the moment, where we need to look really hard at our structures. We need to look really hard at our church structure. And we need to look at anything that is self-serving instead of God-serving and say, is God's love flowing freely through this conduit? Is this a vehicle for God? Or is this serving something else? And we must get rid of it and everything associated with it if it doesn't serve God's purpose. It is time to destroy some things so that we can then clear out 
and build new. And what we build should be a direct pathway for God and God's love. And, and that should be it. Like that, and I know that sounds over, overly simplistic. And it's not that simple. I get that. I absolutely get that. But I also, I also feel like that's so important. And I'm convicted that there are some things in my life that I need to clear out. And there are some places where I've been looking at the vehicle and I don't like the package that God's message is coming in. And it's been distracting me from God's message and God's love. So I'm going to try to look past and look past the, the vehicle, you know, it's like looking at the pipe. Do I not like the way the pipe looks? Well, is it given fresh life-giving water out of it? Okay. Well, then the pipe can stay, right? I'm not going to block it up for spite, right? So those are some things that I'm going to do in my life today. Um, and I think it can be, it can be frightening to give up the things in which we have found security, like the rich man giving up his riches, but we can rest assured that when we, um, speaking on meth, you know, of course, when we refocus on the spiritual instead of the temporal not that it's that binary but anyway um, we receive a hundredfold everything that we've given or given up um, we receive a hundred times that back from God and it's it's better than what we gave up in the first place the thing that we caught, thought that we couldn't stand to lose, that we couldn't live without, is nothing next to the blessing that God has for us. And again, I know that's oversimplification, but I do believe that it is true. So those are my thoughts for this morning, friends. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road and may God's blessing be with you all, be with us always. Amen.